College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk week one recap and week two preview and predictions. Of course, we have the betting line banters and all sorts of different stuff we're going to talk about. By the way, the crafty, crappy pick of the week came through. We'll talk about that as well. Rutgers came through. That's how we close the show for those who don't know. But, you know, obviously Florida State and Colorado won the weekend. Second half thrashing from uh, the Seminoles over LSU. You know, kind of when you get these big-time matchups, the first quarter, sometimes the first half can be like, what are we doing here? Like real rough and ugly and penalties and um and that's what we saw early on. It was pretty ugly. I mean kudos to FSU for their red zone play, no doubt about it. But I don't know. Even the the FSU quarterback who's been there for like three, four years now, he was throwing that lofted up pass. Like, where are you throwing that, dude? It was just uh sometimes when you get I love the rank for versus ranked non-conference stuff as much as the next person. But it does seem like there's like a quarter or something like that, two quarters for uh, it to kind of wake up or whatever. But it LSU never woke up. Florida State woke up in the second half. Like I said, Colorado and TCU, super fun game. Um, wow. I mean, Colorado coming right out. Texas uh, State. Had a big upset as well. Uh, speaking of 20-plus, uh, you know, underdogs winning. Um, Utah looked good with no, uh, none, you know, without their starting quarterback. There's a variety of stuff, but we're going to look forward to, well, it's now the Pac-2, not the Pac-4. The Pac-12 had a pretty damn good week, and that's for sure. Not so much for the Big 12 and the SEC, but we got Bama versus Texas. And if you were listening to the show last year, you know that we'll cover it like it's a real game this year. <laughs> um, Old Miss Tulane ranked versus ranked. Uh, A&M Miami, Wisconsin at Washington State. Uh, Central Florida, Boise State. Iowa, Iowa State. Kansas, Illinois. We'll talk about a variety of games. And like I said, we definitely uh, will talk you know, some some uh, betting lines, banter. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope-a-dope and download the show there if you don't want to. You can find this year College Ball Show under Rope-a-dope radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, and a host of, every, you know, other platforms while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thecruelytruth.com and Sports News 24. Real quick, sign up for DirecTV Stream and save $30 plus add a DirecTV Sports Pack. You can get the NFL Network, the NFL Red Zone, uh, the SEC Network, the Big Ten Network. Stream with no strings attached. Live sports news and on-demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees, no satellite dish, no uh, Cadillac, no cable box, and it's a limited time only. To save that $30, um, you know, just for signing up, choose a DirecTV streaming package that's right for you. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. And obviously, like I said, Florida State and Colorado rule the weekend. Um, We'll talk about some other stuff, of course. 
But uh, first and foremost, how are you doing there, sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, the, the bets financially this weekend worked out pretty good. I honestly already have a bet down on Colorado next week. Um, I got three and a half. I wish I would have got a little bit earlier because they, uh, Nebraska opened up as a favorite, but that changed. So I got Colorado, uh, favored this week to beat the Huskers. And yeah, it was, um, it was just fun to have college football back. I woke up Saturday. I watched my, I kind of had my routine back, Chris, of watch, watch soccer in the morning. And then once soccer's done, transition into college football. And that really goes all day. And I, uh, I got, um, some Pac-12 games on, which, you know, USC was hard to find, but they were on the Pac-12 channel, but I actually watched them a little bit this week. So life is okay. And I must, uh, even though I, I, how early do you get up to watch soccer? Oh, I can never sleep in, but I normally watch soccer. There's normally like an, a European game will be at 6:30, and then like Europe will start at nine, and German league soccer starts at 8:30. So I'm normally up at about eight o'clock, get like a donut, a burrito, and then just watch soccer all day. And that transitions, like I said, into college football. So yeah, I, I, I got, it's like a full 12 hour day, man. It, it, it gets it gets to be fun, <laughs> and the more the more bets you win, the better. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, I was gonna say because it gets to be a long day if you're not doing it, as well. It could be, I mean. yeah. And then then you're then you're chasing some Pac-12 after night or West Coast game where Hawaii's <laughs> playing or or San Jose State's playing, and sometimes that can get a little dicey. Um, but I will say I know I really didn't talk trash to you much, but I definitely was um, given some of my buddies grief in my uh, like main group chat. Because I, I really thought all, all the Dion Colorado stuff was just overhyped. Obviously, being a Cowboys football fan, I don't hate Dion, but I really just saw like the social media news and like the top, the nah, he wasn't really talking smack, but he was just being a coach, being a coach, like defending his kids and saying, "Hey, I'm going to bring people into Colorado and kind of clean house." It, it all kind of just run me the wrong way of like, dude, like, well, well, seriously, like, what are you going to do here? And I, I got to say, I got to tip my cap. Like I, I realize that TCU is, doesn't have like an elite defense as we saw last year versus Georgia, but Georgia is also a powerhouse team, and TCU was the second best team in the country last year. So to see a coach who was hyping up his boys, they they came through. Like th- that was a game where honestly, Chris, after the first quarter, I was like, okay, this is going to be a hell of a football game because you did not there was not a skill differential. Obviously, last year, Colorado was like the worst power five team in the country by far. But and again, I could have been wrong because there are moments where a a game will be one way in the first quarter. Then you look down in the fourth quarter, it's like a 30 point spread. But just when you watch the plays, like the the speed, the skill level, the way Colorado is moving the ball. I was like, first of all, his son's a pretty damn good quarterback. And secondly, their skill level players are the same speed as TCU's. So. It took me about a quarter, but then it kind of shut up. I was like, damn, like, uh, and I'll, I'll say this point, I'll throw it to you. Um, I'd heard interesting points from the, uh, leading up to the Colorado game of some college analysts, people said this Colorado team is trash, and some said their skill level players are as good as they want in the country. So it was kind of weird to hear such a high and low variance of a team because normally, in, in general, as college football fans, we kind of have like a consensus of how your team's going to be. Like USC, you know, like just for the most part, there's never a, a high variance of teams followed. But to hear such highs and lows and then see the team come out and win, um, what a shocking performance. And there are definitely some skilled players that exist. And that dude that played 118 plays 
uh, give him a couple days off, Dion, because that's hard to do on a man's body. But he showed out, and, man, the Buffalo really made some news week one. Yeah, and the thing about Dion is he's always not been taken serious from the majority of the broadcasters and, and sports folks. Like, yeah, I mean, after a while, he went in championships and, you know, shutting down a, a side of the field and, he got his respect on the field after a while, no doubt about sure. it. He did that first, you know, ballot hall of famer and all that. But there's always been, and even when he, you know, the things he was doing, um, you know, at Jackson State, it was always like, yeah, but could he really do it? And I, and I didn't know, and none of us really knew 100%, but I did find some of the stuff that people were saying, especially that are like credentialed media members. I did. I did. I know that that's kind of the the way you do it now is like impressions on your Twitter feed and stuff like that. But um, I thought a, a, a good chunk of it was over the top, and I didn't know what Sanders would look like, you know, stepping up in league either. But the people that are that kind of like were downplaying it as if, well, he's only going to start because he's. You know, he's daddy's son and stuff like that. He came out as a four-star recruit, you know. Hunter, Travis Hunter, the man you talked about, Jesus. playing both ways. First of all, he's been playing both ways. This isn't new this year. If anybody was paying attention, he was doing that already. So, um, and he was – You just don't see it often nowadays. Oh, no. I'm not saying you shouldn't take away from it, but to be like, Oh my God! Like you didn't know Hunter was a good player. Like you, you, you must have not watched one of those games. I'm just saying some of the guys he had on that team. Not even talking about the current team he has, but some of them that came over. A lot of them were highly recruited players. Sure. So it is like, well, dude, they're not completely lost here. They do have competent players that's already in the system for one year in a sense. And then he, he went out and got a coaching staff as well. And like you said, he brought in a lot of talent. But, yeah, I mean, they snapped a 27-game losing streak to AP top 20 uh, opponents, the first one since 2002, which was just crazy. And Sanders, I mean, school record in your first game on, on the road as a 20-point underdog, four tutties. Like, that dude can throw football. Crazy. And it had been like 20 seasons, I think it was 20 or 21 seasons, where uh, a player in the FBS got 100 yards receiving and had an eye, you know, interception. They had four dudes with 100 yards receiving. I mean, and then you get that little Edwards dude who's just, oh, no, he's not going down. No, he's going to score, actually. He's scoring on that. Like, it was, yeah, it was fun to watch, um, no doubt about it. And uh, the Pac-12, like we said, their best start, 13-0 since 1932. Now, obviously – you know, they did get an extra game in there with USC, but they're starting out. They're going to, you know, on paper, they're looking good for their last year of existence. But <laughs> you got to add Sanders into that Williams, Penix, Cam Rising, Bo Nix. you got to add Sanders onto that list. And obviously, they're going Big 12 next year. But, yeah, man, that was – it was a fun, fun game. And once it started – Going back and forth, and then TCU took the lead. I thought, you know, at this point, it really doesn't matter if they win or not. They fucking put up a damn good fight. But for them to win it in, in the fashion they did, and, you know, some of the write-ups, I actually did a little bit of research <laughs> since then. 
and some of the write-ups were over the top. I had heard some people with some hot takes about Dion and whatnot, um, but yeah, man, I just I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, wow, dude, that this is this is really happening all the way. That 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 was pretty fun, no doubt about it. Hey, and just uh, just to show off your your football knowledge, I'm sure, and I recall this because it doesn't take too much. But do you know who that player was to be the uh, first guy to have what the hundred yards interception? Obviously, there's not many few that have ever done it. But you know who that player was that did it? Uh, was twenty was it, years ago? Was it Gamble? Oh well, Woodson. Oh, Woodson. Oh, oh Gam- Gamble's a good call, yeah, because, like I said, it's a short list of p- players. That Wait a second. Woodson, Woodson didn't come out in 2004. Uh, I, when, when I was watching the Fox uh Woodson won it in the 90s. Uh, Charles Woodson they, came yeah. out in the, the 90s. All, the, all those broadcast guys said Woodson's the last one to do it, so maybe they misled me or maybe I misheard. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was Charles Woodson was the last man to do it, but I must have. I, I mean, misheard Well, it wouldn't have been saying. 20 years is my point. You know, oh, maybe maybe twenty plus. I think those guys, shit. Okay, you're, they were talking about. Yeah, that w- it would have been in the nineties. Yeah, you're right, huh? But Woodson would have done it. Maybe. Okay, yeah, touche. Got you. Fact checking me. Fair enough. So you now brought up a question on the show that you didn't even necessarily well, know. No, let's, well, so, well, they they were they were talking about it on Fox, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, well, Woodson was the last one to do it." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that sounds right." And I was like, he "Came nah. in the league in '98." Oh well, no, yeah, you're right. Touche. Fair enough. I'll I'll do my own research. But the here. one thing I'll say <laughs> is, it says FBS, so maybe there's a team that now is FBS that prior wasn't, or you know what I mean? Oh, something like yeah. that. I don't know. Now I will we'll say one question. We'll move on. Do you think, like, obviously this that. Hunter is a stud. He was number one player in his class. Do you think as a coach, you know the skills he has, would it be smart to play him that many plays in a game consistently? Or as a coach, you have to be like, huh, where, do I, t- do I like l- reduce his play account? Because very few people in college football can, it's like almost like you're, you're rolling the dice by risking injury or see a guy that do that's how, that's how he's going to play. Like that's do it. Like when you have that skilled player on a team, Chris, would you, reduce his play count because you think you're going to play with fire or would you just let it keep going all year? Well, I wouldn't do it all year. I wouldn't do it every game as far as the number of, you know, plays, but if you're in a tight game, you know, like I said, he did some of this last year too. You know what I mean? So this isn't his first year doing it. And I, you know, cause a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are people that actually still do that in high school. You know what I mean? It's not, as crazy, uh, but it's different. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to complain about um, Nick Saban giving his star quarterback, you know, 42 carries or something like he used to do, well, yeah, then I, I should probably be like, well, calm down on the dude. He's got a pro <laughs> career to be had, you know. Um, yeah. So, and obviously depth, we don't know what the depth is there, you know what I mean? We'll see what the depth looks like. But, yeah, I wouldn't uh, – in a tight game, I'd probably keep playing them, but I, I wouldn't do that game in and game out. Yeah, I, I agree because that does uh, – it, it's risk injury, but also it, just the wear and tear on the kid, even if he doesn't get hurt. Um, True. It's still, uh, you know, it still does uh, wear and tear on you. You're taking uh, you know, some tread off him. Now, being a corner is different than being a running back, obviously, because, you know, running back takes so much collision and hits all the time, so – 
that is that's not a great example, but yeah, I probably would. Uh, I probably I probably keep playing them, but I wouldn't go nuts. I actually just heard him today say, you know, he gets mad and gets bored. <laughs> you know, like he gets mad if he doesn't get to play every play. It's like, well, you got to legislate that. You got to find an in between there. I love the passion. Guy, yeah, he's a young guy. Of course, he's gonna think he can do shit. Sure, uh, but you know, you're looking out for his future beyond the, you know, the college ranks. But it is different though, because like I said, there's plenty of plays you don't get touched. You know, really, like touched or beat up. You know, on a on a play. You know, so as a cornerback and a wide receiver, so it is a little different than the example I brought up with 38 carries and whatnot. Um, but let's, let's move on, but a great, great opening and, and man, it's going to be interesting to see coming off that high, um, cause there's going to be some lows. So we'll see, even if they win games, they could, you know, underachieve or whatever. And, and honestly, like sometimes we do get lulled into this week one, week two stuff way too much. Um, and sometimes it's like, nope, this is what it is. This team's legit, you know? Speaking of legit and week one stuff, Florida State in the second half just started smacking LSU around once they got their run game going, which was kind of interesting how they weren't using it uh, all that much in the first half. Uh, But, yeah, this one had a really ugly start to it. Like penalties galore. Um, LSU – we're, we're in their side of the field a bunch without points or not enough points to, to you know, justify. Um, ugly game for a while. Then it became maybe like a one-sided of it was still ugly, and that would be LSU. But Florida State, we've been waiting for them to look the part. Even last year we mentioned they got to 10 wins, and that's phenomenal, but they didn't beat a ranked team at, when they faced them. So – and this is a big, big win for the program. Big, big win for the program. And uh, they handled business in the second half and did their thing. Well, speaking of the second half, I have a good stat for you from ESPN. In the first 23 minutes of the second half, Florida State had 246 yards. LSU had 55. Like, I, you know, because LSU, yeah, I remember that not stat know. too. I remember them throwing it up. You wouldn't know with the with the score of that game that LSU was up at half. Like LSU was up seventeen fourteen, and they should have been up more. Even if yeah. they would have done like one or two less mistakes, they should have at least had a field goal or something. You know? Yeah, and, and what 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 jumped out to me was just the the amount of struggle LSU had in converting like short down and distance plays. Hell, the yes. first drive, the first drive of the game, I think you had six chances from within the five, couldn't score, and there was a handful of times in that game where LSU needed like two yards, all for a first down or for a touchdown or for a big play, or no, I shouldn't say a big play for two yards, but a, a way to keep a drive moving or get a touchdown, and it consistently just didn't have it. And I know LSU's always kind of had those like small, like really tiny, shifty running backs. But shit, you gotta have someone on your damn team that can get you two yards. But it, clearly, like the the run game didn't exist, or I was just blown away because a, a majority of times in college football, if you need two yards, you should have the faith in your offensive line. And say, hey, we're just gonna run the ball down their throats for three plays. If they stop us all three, then we gotta bleep and figure out a run game. 
but it, it, it was, man, it just wasn't the case. And there was lots of drop passes. There was a couple of, um, I remember there was one play in the third quarter, I believe, where a Florida State quarterback was throwing the ball and Vizenz only got tipped. Like two LSU linebackers kind of bumped each other and they didn't catch it. And like that, that kind of could have been a play that could have like built their lead. But well, that was, was when he's about to get sacked and he lofted it up. I couldn't believe yeah, he threw that and, ball. I was yeah, like, no, what? dude, you're too good of a, and I'm talking about the Jordan Travis. That I was like, dude, sure. what are you doing? You know, but you're right. That should have been a pick. Yeah, and then, then he also has they the ball at the 10-yard line. Yeah, muffed a punt. Like, yeah, it was it was kind of moments of last year where there was just a lot of mistakes. But a lot of those mistakes have been covered up if you just, again, I, I don't know, I just run the ball. You can't be called. just your damn quarterback either. Dude, no. to your point, Josh Williams had four carries, so Kane – Bradford and Williams all had four carries, so 12 apiece, right? So that dude on the surface, uh, Josh Williams, four carries for 44 yards, but the longest 35, so the others didn't go anywhere. So, yeah, you could say, well, they, they, they did okay, 27 and 113, 4.2, two touchdowns, but when they needed it, you're right. Yeah. And sometimes when you're in shotgun too much, and I'm not saying this is the exact example, but remember Oregon for years when they had to go, you know, fourth and goal, third and goal, third and one. When they needed something up front, they needed a, a run here, they just couldn't get it. They just couldn't get it. And this is exactly what's happened back to back. And, you know, on the surface, you know, McDaniels played decently. He wasn't horrible. He, he didn't play great. I thought that hurdle out of nowhere was like, Hey, dude, it's week one. I get it. Calm the fuck down a little bit. What are you doing, dude? You're going to hurt yeah. yourself. Uh, cause, but, yeah, you're right. Turnover on – they had three turnover on downs on the game. Um, yeah, you're right. They, they, I mean, they should have been up at half, like, double digits. Yeah, and, and you know, the, and we've seen that happen in any sport. If you waste an opportunity, another team goes and makes a couple of adjustments. Next thing you know, you look up at the scoreboard and you get your butt kicked. So, yeah, that that was definitely a game. Now, obviously, could LSU still bounce back and be a, a playoff contender? I suppose. Like, I, I know they started the year off fifth. So, like, but that was one. Well, you, that, those are you, fake ratings anyway. All, yeah, all of them are fake ratings right now. No matter if you're highly rated or low rated or whatever. But there was definitely a couple of moments that whether it's week one or week five, like if you can't run the ball in and punch it in in like a, a big situation, like that's a, a team a team problem. So um, obviously, you know, the, both those teams have so much talent. LSU, I'd assume, probably has a little bit more just based on the last couple of years. But you can't have all the talent in the world if you can't score. It it, it doesn't matter. And obviously, that when when you can't score as well, that wears out the defense. It, where it kind of makes team, it just makes you mentally less confident as an offense. So, if you're an LSU fan, that was a that was a tough one to watch. Um, it, it was cool to have Sunday night uh, Sunday night football game on. Obviously, next Sunday night there'll be NFL being played. But um, and now we got coming up tonight. We'll have Duke. I'll be cheering for it because I refuse to ever cheer for Dabo. Uh, so one one more college football game left this week. Uh, but yeah. So and again for FSU. Man, another good start to the year. Maybe, maybe this is the first year, and and I, I know I sometimes say years, and then you have to call me out on. But this could be the first year in quite a while where maybe FSU has a chance to contend and win an ACC title. Maybe this is probably the most promising squad they've had since good old Crab Legs. 
I may miss a year there or two in between. But ever since Crab Legs went pro, this is probably the best team they've had on paper for now in, in quite a minute. Yeah, I mean, last year you could say that, and they didn't close the the door. You know, they didn't they didn't win when they really needed to uh, in those big games, but. They have a lot of returning players, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, they definitely are in line to to turn the the corner, and you know, credit to the coach too. First of all, credit the Florida State line defense too, because you know, in the defensive line, because you know that's part of not being able to run. But um, that coach has gotten a little, you know, uh, I don't know if he's that good. Well, shit, man, um, it's been a while since they were looking like this and he's got him looking like this so but we'll see where that goes um pretty you know slow tight get well not right away actually uh, utah went deep on their first play from scrimmage for offense uh, wide open dude that was just well actually it was kind of weird because he wasn't wide wide open he got caught and then like it was like oh oh Oh, he's going to score. That was 70 yards or something like that. It was like, holy shit, dude. And like two dudes kind of ran into each other too. And like to get that right away, especially for Utah, it's like, man, that's not a great way. It's not a good way to start against Utah. 24-11, they handled business with a backup and they used their, uh, their youngster with a lot of speed as well. He got into the game. Um, a couple times that Nate Johnson, he, he was kind of stumbling, bumbling a little bit with the ball, but you know, he's a youngster or whatever. You know, I gotta say, as much crap as that, uh, you know, we give Mertz, he actually had a pretty good game. He, he may have been the bet, one of the better players on the Gators that in, in that game, but Utah just came out and looked sturdy and got the job done. And in the same breath, as far as West Coast football, Washington, Utah, and the Pac 12, Washington just steamrolled Boise State. That is is one bet I made successfully. Um, well, again, hats off to Utah. That is one game we picked, and Whittingham is one of the best coaches in college football. He has one of the best programs in college football. Um, maybe the Florida players have the same star level of recruiting as Utah, but Florida's still been trying to find a consistency in that program for quite a while now, for the last five to six years. So, um, it was no surprise that Utah just, they were a well-oiled machine. And, you know, they want a bit of revenge from last year, too. So hats off to them. And credit to Washington as well. Like, I know that um, that was, like I said, a gambling pick I made. They were a 13 or 14-point spread. I took it because people were just very high in that offense. And from watching them play, I'm pretty high in them, too. Um, obviously, you know, they, they embarrassed Boise State. But that Penix... That dude was making throws that, like, a lot of college quarterbacks can't make. So even if Boise State's secondary maybe has some flaws, um, it was just interesting hearing the announcers talk about the receivers in that game, Chris, because it seems like Washington's, like, four to five receivers deep. And they were having some discussions throughout the game just about how, you know, these wide receivers got to learn not to be jealous because maybe if you're not getting the ball when you're wide open because he's going to someone else, like, one of those things where, as a quarterback, you can't keep four wide receivers happy. So you got to stick to that team concept. But Penix was just making it. To me, it looks like kind of like pro-level throws. Um, a lot of times in college football, if you see your quarterback throw like a 30 to 40-yard pass, kind of have that like, oh, I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. You kind of have a little bit of a, uh, a, 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 a butterflies in your stomach when that ball goes up. But 
that dude was just throwing a lot of high-level passes. So that is Five my offense. Five touchdowns for him, too. He got like 450 or something like that. Yeah, that that offense is nothing to be joked about. Again, I don't know how good of a defense Washington has because Boise, once they got shit, when you're down 20 and a quarterback's throwing 20-yard, 30-yard touchdown pass, it kind of deflates you. But so maybe Washington's defense has some flaws. They didn't really pop up against Boise. But, yeah, the Pac-12, there's a lot of uh, very fun quarterbacks we'll be able to watch this year, whether it's Deion Sun, uh, Caleb Williams at USC, who – is just as flashy as the rest of these guys. Uh, panics, obviously, when Rise comes back for Utah. The, hey, like you said, the Pac-12, they're going to go out with a bang. Like, this might be their last year, but there will be a lot of very fun college football games to enjoy this year with the offensive, talented players. Obviously, Oregon, I know they scored like 80 points on Portland State or something. I'm not sure what that says about them. But, yes, the Pac-12 was scoring a lot of points this weekend, my friend. And the, the, it was a lot of fun to watch a lot of those games. Yeah, Oklahoma got to seventy three as well, eighty one mm-hmm. to seven. Like you said, with Oregon, there there was some uh, high flyers. Your, your Trojan squad got to sixty six. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, and also, well, we mentioned a little bit Texas State big upset over Baylor. I mean, twenty six like, point spread. Yeah, I, I saw it as high as twenty seven. So I mean that Damn. that was uh, that that was, and we talked about how. Do we? I can't remember if we talked about this before we got on the air or not. But he, that coach who came in, had the third most transfers. Dion in Colorado had the first. He had the third most transfers. So, like we said, sometimes that stuff works. Sometimes it takes like a half a season to get going. Sometimes it just never does and it doesn't work. Like Texas Tech last year, or I'm sorry, Texas A&M, where you're like, man. How many games are they going to win this year? Like, holy shit! How did that? What the hell is going on? Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, North Carolina. I thought South Carolina. I think I picked them up as a, of the upset of the week. I thought that that would be a tighter game. Uh, clearly, South Carolina uh, got beat cleanly. North Carolina looked pretty good. It'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, moving forward, they still have a, a wide receiver out where there's potential for him to come back in. Um, we're going to know about that soon. My Gophers play them in two weeks. So um, we'll see. I'm sure just off the Minnesota sports jinx that it'll, you know, he'll be eligible for the Gopher game. You know what I mean? Come, oh, yeah, but we're back. Don't worry about it. But uh, that was – I thought that was a, a, a pretty good win because that was a tight game on the betting books. And then – Little like Louisville had a nice comeback against Georgia Tech. Minnesota had a you know a, a fourth quarter late in the game comeback. Nebraska found another way to lose a, a, a one score game, and they had like a ninety four percent you know on ESPN ninety four percent chance to win. Like like four minutes left or five minutes left. It's just like oh man. It's, so here's. So last five seasons, right, 20, 25 one-score losses, 16 second-half blown leads. That's, you know, that's the most in both those categories. Uh, they definitely found a way to lose. But um, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, about uh, North Carolina in that defense because a lot of people are saying that it's def- you know it's different, and they definitely got pressure in this game. Yeah, I was, I had that game on. I was excited to kind of see like a high scoring affair. And it was like, it was a pretty fun game at half. Um, 
But then in the second half, you saw South Carolina's offense just like struggle to move the ball at all because poor Spencer Rattler literally had no time whatsoever. Like when every route is like a hot route, a hot route, and the quarterback is like literally thrown off of his back foot because he has nowhere to turn to. Um, that was basically the whole scenario for the whole, well, pretty much the whole game. Um, maybe the Tar Heels do have a great defensive line. Maybe there's another Julius Peppers they got popping up. I don't know, possibly, but or maybe as uh, the announcer said, South Carolina's got some work to do on their offensive line because, unfortunately, for their case, they played Georgia in a couple of weeks. And if you can't block South uh, North Carolina's defensive line, and I'm guessing Georgia probably got a pretty good one too, um, that could be a tough game for them. So. Yeah, that was on paper. I thought that was going to be the most intriguing matchup of the week, uh, but it definitely wasn't from a viewing standpoint, just because South Carolina couldn't really uh, move the ball that effectively. They did make a couple of picks, had a couple of like flashy wide receiver plays, but we didn't quite get that uh, quarterback shootout we were all hoping for with uh, Rattler and May. Yeah, you're right. The score on that, at least one side of it, I, I would have thought they both would be in the 30s for sure. Um you're right, that, that didn't quite turn out how it went. And by the way, we were also wondering if Iowa, who were favored by 24 points, um, could beat or could cover, you know, against Utah State. And, you know, they won by 10. They, they won the game easily, but they, they, they didn't do it. I, so I, I definitely won some money there. I broke even uh, three and three with my picks uh, this week. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely won a little bit of money on that one. That, that seemed like that was taking, uh, you know, money from a baby's. But South Alabama, Tulane looked better than I thought. Not that I, I, I didn't for sure think South Alabama was going to win the game, but I think it was like a six-point spread or something like yeah. that. Yep. But, man, they handled business 37-17. I was pretty impressed with that, Marshall. Yeah, they've been on a roll. I mean, that's a team where a couple of years ago, I think won two or three games. And now last year, they obviously had that nice comeback victory in the last couple of seconds there against USC in, in the backyard at Jerry World Cowboy Stadium. Um, they did lose a little bit of talent, but you have a coach there who's clearly trying to make Tulane into a football program. Um, they're, they're riding the highs of last year. You still got your quarterback back. Uh, this is, a, they're a good looking squad. And, they're a team that's going to obviously try and score the points and try to out, outgun you. Um, this week, uh, they actually got Ole Miss coming up, so have fun watching the points flow in that game. I, we'll, we'll get to that over-under later. But, yeah, um, they're just a team that had a great year last year, started the year off good this year against a, a decent South Alabama team. And that is a team where if you've not seen them play, like it's just a fun offensive squad that I think is just growing week by week with confidence. And if you if you haven't bet them before, watch them. It's it's worth a watch because they're they got the cool uniforms, kind of got the teal green going on, which you don't see much of. And they're just they're they're just a solid squad that you just probably have not heard of because they don't make the news on ESPN or something like that too often. Um, Penn State handled business as the favorite, the clean favorite over, over West Virginia. It had been a while since they played. I know a lot of people uh, <laughs> had some interesting takes. I was listening to the cover three, or was it? Maybe it was. I can't remember which one this was on, but they were. They had a lot of callers calling in, um, being mad at how that game ended. Uh, you know, Penn State was mad because they called a timeout late, and so they said, all right, 
we're going to run it. We're going to score a touchdown with like seconds left in the game. So that was uh, uh, not much to report on on the game per se beyond that. Um, the quarterback that they're breaking in this year looked pretty good, definitely spread the ball around. Um, and they didn't – I know that they're going to run a fair amount in West Virginia and whatnot, but they just couldn't get like – on the same page, receiver and quarterback. Uh, I, I the targets, I, I remember seeing a stat of the amount of targets. Not that it was a ton of targets, but it's like they just, they weren't efficient when it came to that. Um, any any thoughts on the Penn State scoring with five seconds left? Uh, n- no, the only thing I just really heard was uh, that they're just hyped about their quarterback. But I, I yeah. feel that they always, I feel their quarterbacks always get some hype, but Apparently, this guy's better than the last couple they've had. So, you know, I, I'm sure Frank, Franklin will find a way to lose a couple of games, as he should, because I'm not a fan of the guy. But they they got to win. Um, they, I mean, obviously, it's just a quality game. West Virginia's a good opponent for a week one game. It wasn't some walkover. But, yeah, they're, they're – um, and maybe that's a, a refreshing thing for Penn State, because, honestly, for them, they normally have, like, an elite future NFL running back. So – Maybe now if they don't have like a complete stud in the backfield, maybe you don't have a stud quarterback, like that could be something different. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, just a, a quality one they had to have. I know some people were a little skeptical on them going to that game just from like a betting standpoint, thought West Virginia might put up a little bit of a fight. And the first half really was pretty close, but yeah, yeah, um, just a, a quality win start off the season. A lot of people thought West Virginia was going to be able to hold the ball and drive and run and at least correct, you know, work clock and all that. So. Um, and they did some of that. They did definitely did some of that. I did see uh, a chunk of the San Diego State and uh, Louisiana Tech, Florida International, San Diego State, Ohio games. That was, uh, you know, just real quick like. Uh, saw some of that. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong thing. There, there was a Thursday games. Where the hell? Oh, the – actually, I didn't see the Arizona State, uh, Southern Utah, 21-24, but – there was a decent game. Maybe I'm thinking Friday night. Yeah, the Stamp- Stanford looked good. Their offense looked really good. Um, I was pretty surprised at that. I did think Hawaii was going to win. Um, so we'll see if they can keep going. And then, like I mentioned, Louisville did come back on Georgia Tech. And Miami, you know, that quarterback came out and said, we're the real Miami for Miami of Ohio. But that that didn't turn out to be the case. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Hey, he's all sure. pumped for his little – his little stuff, nothing wrong with that. Fresno State, I think I mentioned that. That was that was a good win by them. Um, like I said, hardcore, you know, barn burners, the close calls, Illinois, Toledo, and Wyoming, and Texas Tech. Those were fun, just to kind of wrap it up. Any other items, sir? Uh, just from a strictly college football fan standpoint, um, I, I caught the last uh, second half in overtime of uh, Wyoming and uh, Texas Tech. That was just simply a game where, as a college football fan, you got a little bit of drama. Um, Texas Tech was up seventeen to zero, and um, they are yeah. And then Wyoming actually came back to win, so that that was fun. And last note, man, I was pulling for it. Um, Sam Houston State, who's a, a school that's always kind of been there with NDSU at the uh, FBS or FCS level to compete. Um, they had their first D one FBS game. And they gave BYU all they could handle. Like, I bet that was a game where BYU thought, oh, dude, who are these kids? Like, their first ever higher-level game. That game was 7-0 to for almost the whole game. 
and they had like a controversial interception. But you know, I mean, I'm always cheering for BYU to lose. And hey, if you're if you're a Sam Houston fan, like you went into there and throughout the years, Chris, you've you've honestly done a lot. You picked BYU at home quite often over the years on this podcast, and they're a, a legit squad. But hey, props to Sam or at Houston. least with the spread, you know, yeah, that one yeah. year where they it was like, no, it's gonna be close. Period. It just and it literally was like. I don't remember nine out of the twelve regular season games or something like that. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, it was just fun to see a. a I, don't know, I just want to see BYU lose. That's all. <laughs> and they almost did. So props Sam Houston and hey, they made a good initial uh, debut showing. I'm trying to think like what? So BYU did BYU beat North Carolina in some kind of big game or what? 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 I is think it goes back to like, I, I, I never really liked Jimmer for death that much. I yeah, I just never oh, beat okay. BYU. <laughs> Yeah, All maybe, right. maybe maybe a couple of losses financially that have still sung me. There was a bowl game that I'm still bitter about from about 12 years ago. So yeah, I, I, I don't I don't I don't like to let stuff you know go off the shoulders too easy. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also a big surprise was that uh, UTSA Houston game. Oh. Um, not that Houston won. That's not a shocker. But it was the fact that that they didn't score much. I mean that. Maybe they weren't going to both put up 40 or something, but I was really surprised that they weren't both in the 30s. That that was a shocker. And, uh, you know, the returning quarterback, like you said, off air. Harris. Um, yeah, Harris. He had uh, he had some trouble in that game. Just when I thought my co-host was about to transition to week two, he's like, oh, what's, that one, what's the one bet my co-host lost? Oh, yeah, the UTSA game. So I appreciate you throwing that in there, sir. Um Man, I bet UTSA. I felt good. I, I did a couple of like read a couple of write ups. Hey, you got more people coming back. Houston lost a lot of people. Even though games in Houston, I'll take UTSA. They got a stud offense and a stud quarterback. Um, when a quarterback goes, when a quarterback makes four passes in the third quarter and three of those passes get picked, that's a hard one to watch. Like, dude, what? What? What that's are you, not what are you great doing? Analytics. I, yeah. I maybe maybe he had the Michael Jordan flu, but there was no Michael Jordan flu moments. That was just ah, uh, maybe I'm homesick or I got the flu. But damn, like UTSA, like he you gotta yeah, you gotta bounce back because I don't hope yeah, he has that kind that of one. game again. Damn, I was but. wrong. Uh, I I never would have guessed that would have been the score, and I did think UTSA was gonna win. I <laughs> so moving on to week two, um, from uh from just I guess a karma football standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> to start the prediction week off, we got to start with Bama and Texas because every time in the past we've always skipped over a Bama game, it's always turned out to be a hell of a game. So as my co-host said when the show started, um, we we got to address Bama because every time we think, oh, they'll walk through someone. Nope, it, it's a fourth quarter battle, so we're not going to make that mistake this year. Well, it was this game individual. We don't do that with Bama all the time. No, you know, no, but I remember last game. year we, we it happened with them and then it happened also with like Texas A&M too. We're like, oh, and, and Auburn. It's oh, like, sure. That's they're favored by like 20. It's like, damn, seriously, Bama? Like, okay. Uh, but for this game, it is a uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Central Time start. Now, I, I'll give these teams credit because obviously a lot of people give SEC school shit for never playing true road games. Actually, I heard this stat. Um, that was the first time I think Florida's had a home opener outside of the state of Florida or, like, gone that far west since, like, 1990. So you really never see SEC schools, who are traditional powerhouses, schedule themselves hard games. Uh, but credit to Bama. They did a home-and-home home with Texas. Um, 
this year. Well, credit for <coughs> Texas for being ranked this year, too, because, you know. For, well, they're not back just yet. Let's see if they're back this year. Are they back this year? Well, it, 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 the media tells you this every year, Chris. Texas is back. You hear it every year. So I, I, I think they got to be back, right? I'm not sure. We'll see. <laughs> um, damn. The, okay, so last year, Bama was, I believe, a 20 to 22-point favorite. This year, man, Texas is getting some love. Because this game is in Brian Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Miss Roll Tide Country. And... Bama's a seven-point favorite. Wow, that man to me, Chris. That I, I, I didn't. I honestly had checked this spread until right now. I've looked some other ones, but you're telling me that Texas. Hey, it was six not long ago, too. You're, th- that must be Vegas's way of saying Texas is back. Because if Bama was favored by twenty last year, and now you come back to Bama and you're only favored by a touchdown, because in in, in, in general, if you're not huge into betting football. The home team only gets three points, so that's Vegas's way of saying, "Hey, dude, like you're you're about four points better than." Wow. All right, so on paper, this should be a good game. Now, last year, obviously, Bama did not play their best, but it was in Texas. They had some false starts. The offense looked like trash. They had a couple of lucky calls against them. The Texas quarterback got hurt. But one would assume that Bama will be prepared. Nick Saban will be prepared for this game. He clearly did not forget last year. But honestly, Chris. I, I'm blown away. I figured this spread would be around 14. That's normally the uh, point spread Bama gets for most of their home games. But the fact that this is a seven-point spread, dude, this should be a hell of a game. I I was expecting, again, a double-digit spread. Um, Clearly, both teams had a cakewalk of around one, a week one opponents. (laughs) Am I crazy for being shocked? Um, Is this Texas got some people? Is this the year Texas is back? I mean, Bama, I know they got new people every year on offense. They have a new quarterback. It's hard to replace with that last year, but I, I'm I'm surprised this is a touchdown spread. Maybe we're going to be able to enjoy a really close game um, this upcoming Saturday. Real quick, this is Brett McMurphy talking about Florida and that stat you brought up. With yeah. the Florida loss at Utah, Gophers still – or Gophers. Gators still have not won a true road non-conference game outside the state of Florida – in 34 years since beating Memphis on September 23rd, 1989. Of course, Damn. UF has only played two true road non-SEC games outside of Florida <laughs> in the last 34 years since the, the U of M uh, win. So that kind of adds on what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, Texas has the better quarterback, um, you know, experience wise, you know, we'll see, um, with the, you know, we can't sit there and say that Milroy or, or whoever else they, they, they strolled there. I know that he played some snaps last year. I think it was like 40 or 50, if I remember correctly. Okay. This guy. So he's not all oh, blowouts. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, I mean, he's still fairly green, you know what I mean, and, and you know, Ewers had a, a pretty, like, there were times where he was a little up and down or whatever, but in your first season, um, you know, he got banged up and stuff like that, and so, I don't know, I mean, it, this one's tough, man, because it's like, are you, do, do I, am I really going to pick Texas to win in Alabama? Like, it's just, I don't know, man, but Parts of me is like, well, is that offensive line going to be better this year? 
I don't know. I mean, one of the better ones is now in Miami that they had prior that was young that, that didn't go pro, of course. Now they'll have four and five star guys taking place and it just, the bold lines didn't look Alabama standard, which is a high ass standard last year. I think that's fair. That's pretty, that's fair. And, and you could see with an elite quarterback, he was still at times running for his life, you know, and it just, I don't know. It's tough to say, man. And so, talent wise, though, it should be not a 50 50 game, but the seven point spread. It's funny because maybe two weeks ago, because you know how some, some betting sites put out way early. Um, sure. And, and I saw it like eight and a half, nine. I saw it go down to six. The lowest I saw it was six. It was six and a half, like you said, it's seven right now. Is that what? On, on ESPN site, yes, sir. Yeah. So I'm still in between on if I'm going to go plus seven or, you know, maybe buy the plus seven and a half or whatever for, for Texas. I do think Alabama's going to win this game, but and we'll, I don't know if it'll be 20 to 19 or anything like that, but, like, I think this game's definitely going to be on the table for both teams in the fourth quarter. But I'm picking Bama, but man, that line is looking the higher. If I can get it seven and a half, eight or something, I may take it. But I still like Bama to win. I guess my only thing is with the jitters that Bama showed last year, that's because that game was in Texas and that place was going effing nuts. And Bama really never does play a true road game. So, in fairness, you got to figure the same is going to be this year in advance for Alabama, where Texas players maybe will have some more jitters. Obviously, Bama's going to be at home feeling comfortable, so I do think that some of the mental mistakes Bama made last year won't happen this year. And, you know, as psychotic as Saban is, he will have his guys ready for this game. I just really did think it would be a double-digit spread. But maybe, as you said, um, it's new quarterback. Um, obviously, Texas's defense is not like a chump. It's not like, a, you know, some, like, bottom 100 defense. So, uh, he might and they played at Tennessee last year too. Yes, yes, yeah, so at I, LSU. Yeah, they 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 had they had a lot of tough road games last year. So, um, but I just I don't know. We'll see. I, my my gut tells me to bet Bama just because these are games that Saban normally doesn't lose unless kind of like LSU sneaking their Auburn being a, a a thorn in their side. But um, maybe that's a spread I'll have to investigate into and maybe do a little research on the quarterback. But uh, you'll definitely see some highs and lows from him. So, yeah, that should be a very enjoyable game <clears throat> to watch at 6 o'clock. Um, so are you going to pick it? Uh, I, I got to go, go with my gut set. I, I, I think that I'm horns are not back yet. I'm taking Alabama. Go. I'll take, uh, now, at 11 o'clock, as I already said, I do have some money down, and I'm, I made this pick just simply because I think that at times in college football you can have a hangover game. I think that Colorado at Nebraska, it's on It's on the Fox kickoff game of the week. Um, maybe this is not statistically the most enticing game because neither team is ranked, although if Colorado wins, it might be ranked next week. Who knows? Um, I Hold think on. Col- Did the, eight, the new AP come out? Uh, How the fuck could Colorado not be ranked? They're not on ESPN. Well, well it's they, because it's a Monday. It's a labor day. Yeah, it's a, a holiday, yeah. But I'm assuming that the they – ranking people don't, don't work on Labor Day, I guess. Um, they gotta be. You could, yeah. There's no way you couldn't be. So yeah, or, or for sure receiving votes. But yeah, you're right. Maybe there'll be a, the poll coming out tomorrow. Um, I'd be shocked if they're not on there. True. They did beat TCU as a 20 point dog. 
on uh, the road. Yeah, yeah, against the former runner-up team. You're right. Uh, so, Shadrew, Shadrew Sanders, uh, 510 yards passing. My main reason for picking Colorado is because a Nebraska loses close games. And B, yes, there's a hangover effect that can occur in college football, but I think that that stadium is going to be 100% sold out. It's it's a Fox game of the week. They're, they're going to be excited to have a, a new team, kind of like a new a new Christmas present, a new toy. And, yeah. for, and for Nebraska. They got a good running quarterback, I'll tell you they, that. They, they, they do. And, and their defense did a good job against the Gophers, but their quarterback had like a couple of clutch interceptions. And so my rationale for this game, Chris, is the fact that Colorado is going to score points. Now, their defense is elite, but I think that the, the arena is going to be a zoo. I think that offensively, they're a more gifted team than Nebraska, clearly. Um, and they just have momentum on their side. Now, there will be times this year where I will pick against the team that had a big win because I think they're due for a letdown. But I just think with all the positive trends and the fact that they won this game, you have like literally a new team. I don't see this as a letdown, and it's a rivalry game because back in the day, Colorado-Nebraska always used to be the um, game before Thanksgiving Day, which was a huge rivalry, and now it's coming back. I just think there's too many factors that lean towards Colorado, and Nebraska loses every close game they've been in for the past four or five years almost. So I picked Colorado minus three and a half. I think that's a, I think they went by a touchdown at least or more, um, but it should be a fun one to watch. I'm sure Gus Johnson will be calling it, who I love any game Gus Johnson calls, not so much a Joe Clatt guy. But I think the Buffalo win, I just think there are too many weapons, and I think they'll take care of Nebraska, who won't be able to keep up with that squad. So did you think that was the second-best game of the week? Uh, I, I think I, it's going to get the ratings. People are going to be watching it. Who are we talking about? Because it's Dion. Sure. And it, it, it is the Fox News game of the week. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's in the top for the weekend. And from a social media standpoint, it'll be up there. Yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. It, just, it just surprised me, that's all. Um, cause you know, to be fair, I mean, the other games we're going to talk about, it's not like they're like creme de la creme, but we might as well get it over with. Old Miss and Tulane right now, 22 <coughs> Old Miss at Tulane, who looked pretty damn good last week. Um, you know, it, it sounds like they're definitely going to go with, uh, Dart at quarterback who had a good opening week. Um, obviously they played, you know, Mercer, Mercer Ray Mercer, who's a former <laughs> heavyweight boxer. But, uh, so, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is, but I'm not looking too much into that. Uh, whereas Tulane at least had a better opponent. Um, but what, what's your gut telling you about this matchup? Because it is on the road and they have a tough ass schedule. I'm not, I don't think they, you know, look past Tulane. But they they need this. These are the dubs they need. I know it's not in conference, but um, just that schedule that Ole Miss has. They it's like they need this confidence builder if they can go you know get a quality win on the road uh, early in the season against a ranked opponent. I can't believe Ole Miss is favored by seven. This is I'm again shocked by Vegas. Like Tulane's a good ass team. And I can't believe the over-under is only 64. Like, I would bet the over, and I would take Tulane with the points because could Ole Miss win 100%. But as you saw last year in big games, their offensive ineptitude hurt them. Jackson Dart was not the best passing quarterback. He's still there. And Tulane's got – He wasn't throwing darts? No. 
Not when it matters. Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, yeah, they killed Mercer or whatever. But I, I think that to I think the spread should be a lot lower. And again, I'm an old I'm a Lane Kiffin guy. He's my he's my man. But I don't think that they should be favored into Lane. Like, what has Lane done in the last handful of years, or excuse me, last season and this season? Started off with a decent win over South Alabama to be a seven point dog at home. Uh, this should probably be a game that's going to be like high scoring. I think both teams hit the 30s. You would assume. Uh, so I obviously will be cheering for Lane Kiffin, but if I had to bet this game, I would take Tulane plus seven because I think these teams are probably pretty evenly matched and you're getting a touchdown with a team at home that has been on a heater for the last, like, uh, 15 games they've been playing college football. Yeah, they really have. Cause didn't they, not to bring it up, but didn't Tulane beat USC in the, well, it was like a lot, 20 seconds left in the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they showed they can score. And, and USC and Ole Miss are really similar, and they have good – well, actually, Ole Miss is defense for their offense. But anyways, they're kind of similar high-scoring teams. And, again, I, I just don't see how Ole Miss is favored by a touchdown in Tulane. Like, I, right. that I, that one makes no sense to me, my friend, unless unless there's an injury I'm not aware of or something goofy happened. But, I yeah, that one, I'm speechless. I'll take I'll take the points, and I, hopefully uh, Kiffin pulls out the win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the points as well. That over-under, that is interesting, 64. Yeah, I could see that going over. Um, A&M at Miami. A&M has a tough schedule as well. Uh, they are going on the road at Hard Rock Stadium. Tickets as low as $71 right now. I- I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of Aggie fans there. Um, but, you know, here we are again with, uh, you know, the head coach who, you know, thinks he can still compete at a high level on offense uh, by call, play calling. Um, so it, from the sounds of it, he brought in, and, and I'll say this, a lot of people don't believe, <coughs> you know, Jimbo, that he's going to actually let somebody else call the plays, or he's going to be like a uh, like a micromanager, you know, like, hold on, let me let me play, let me do this, you know. Or whatever. You could choose any of these three plays. You call it, though. You know, whatever. I don't know. I'm yeah. Not, I'm, just, I'm just talking. But at least he's got Bobby. You know, at least he's got a guy that has a track record. Now, he's got a track record of a variety of stuff outside of the, the stadium as well. True. Uh, outside the coaching world. But um, it's all there on record. Um, and as long as he stays off bikes, dude, um, I think, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, although I'm in the minority, I kind of feel like Jimbo's finally going to be like, you know what? That shit sucked last year. What were they, five and seven last year or something like that? They had a tough year, yes. They had a really bad year. So I think he finally was, and he brought in an old timer. It's not like he brought in this, you know, 33-year-old coordinator with pedigree he brought in an old guy really if we're being honest who who usually is pretty good at it but yeah they they had like a a six or seven game losing streak they ended up you know pulling off a a big upset down the stretch uh you know against lsu but it didn't matter because their season was over um in miami you know i'll say this they're they're both of their lines look better than they did last year in the in the opening game. Uh, the system they brought in, it again 
They got a new coordinator, but this system fits the current quarterback a lot better than last year's. And to be fair, for, for a chunk of years, Michigan was the one that offense sucked. Just remember Harbaugh and all that? It was like, dude, what the hell is going on? I'm not talking about these last two years. Let's talk about on average, because remember that was a big thing. He couldn't get over the hump, and sometimes True. their offense would just be too stale. And, you know, the cor- that coordinator was there last year, and it just didn't fit with Van Dyke at all. Um, so they have, like, three. Actually, speaking of Ole Miss, they got Paris Jr., who was a young guy that they – thought they you know he was going to be there for a little bit longer but um i don't know their wide receivers look pretty good i don't know i just think that they i think it will i'm just not ready to turn the page and be like oh miami's really good this year but then again am i ready to say that about a&m you know I, I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like you need to see like four to five games of A&M's offense being yeah. good to before you believe it again. Just because they've he's literally had a, a a weak offense for like three to four seasons now, and for the right. for the paycheck that man is making, which is an absurd paycheck, it's like you need to have a better offensive production of a team. And that's seventeen what's awesome. to nine last year. I just checked the score. A and M uh, won, but seventeen to nine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. You, you, you just got to be able to score more points in, in a, in a league that, I mean, I know you're in the hard division, you're on the hard side of the conference, but, you, you know, he's got to be able to have some productivity that would keep, that would warrant the paycheck that man receives. Yeah, because otherwise you're just going to get paid off the pass, and hey, he had a hell of a pass. Don't get me wrong, uh-huh. one a natty and all that, but uh, true. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know. I I don't like it, but I'm gonna pick A and M. I'm just I think I'm biased towards my own squad that I, I'm just sure. not ready to. I'm just not ready to be confident in them, uh, to be honest with you. So, and I, I there is something that tells me that Jimbo's gonna finally wake up and be like, "Hey, dude!" And he brought in a, you know an old timer. So I, I think they'll actually be a little bit better on offense, but we'll see. Like I said, Miami has a lot of potential on offense, no doubt about it. If that offensive line, which they got a young, you know, I think a sophomore, maybe he's a junior this year, but he can't. No, I think he is a sophomore. Um, I think he started as a redshirt freshman for Alabama. They brought in like three new offensive linemen and some of the guys that they have returning. So it did look better. I'll say that. Um, well, what's your thoughts on that game? Who, who What's your pick there? Uh, I, it's a tough I, one. I mean, it's a four yeah, game or a four point spread. I think I got to take your Hurricanes at home just because I want to see if this new eight, you know, with Petrino help Miles is going to be a benefit. Like that, that offense, it's really hard to trust on the road from a financial standpoint. Like, could could A and M win? Sure, they they probably have the more talented squad. But again, I, I want to see this offense turn into something because there's been a handful of years now where they just struggle off. I, I'm not saying they can't win, but I would just feel very not confident with betting them right. to win a, a road game. Yeah, yeah, that, I, that's understandable. Boy, a lot of people had a lot of stuff to say about the last coach, and he did better as of right now. We'll see, though. We will see because they got the talent. The talent's there. There's just no doubt about that. True. Um, so Friday night, Kansas, this is kind of the hardcore barn burner, uh, should be good 
good games to watch. Iowa, Iowa State, Friday night, Kansas, Illinois. We have Wisconsin at Washington State. That running back, man, he was bulldogging people over. You, uh, UCF against Boise State. Boise State getting their ass kicked, and they come back, lick their wounds, and get a dub. Texas State, who pulled up a big upset uh, over Baylor, they got UTSA coming in. Well, shit, man, that's probably a really good game because UTSA is going to be, you know, wondering what the hell went wrong, and, and we got to fix this stuff. And and then Stanford USC, USC is going to win. But based off what I saw, now it was against Hawaii, but based off what I saw offensively, I think they're going to be in what I've seen so far defensively out of USC. <laughs> what I, I can't, what you know, have we got to mention that? Yeah, not much, <laughs> not much. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to hear improvement. Trust me, I really would, my friend. I really would. Well, first of all, we can't see it because I don't got the damn Pac-12 network, and they play both their games on the Pac-12 network. But I know that's that's neither here nor there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, um. I, I, I'm picking USC to win cleanly, but when I look at that 29 points, 29 and a half, I got to do the plus with Stanford. I'm sorry. If I, if I bet this game, I would just take the over because USC is going to, Caleb Williams is going to get his probably 40, 40 ish, and that defense ain't pinching a shutout. So if I bet this game, I would take the over <laughs> in the points than uh, than take either side. But, and yeah. just for the record, nine thirty Central Time on Fox. So we will be able to get to watch them play football. Fine. Good. Fine. Yeah, finally, nice. We can watch a USC game. They're not in the Pac-12 for the third week in a row. Thank God. I'm, I'm with you on that. That'll, that'll be nice. Big game for the uh, ACC with the new SMU. You know, for next year. They're on the road at Oklahoma. That could be a big thing. By the way, like we said, the it's the Pac-2 now, not the Pac-4. Cal and Stanford, no big surprise. We even talked about this last week. NSMU, that was a, a name that came in as well. But as far as from the Pac-12, or what was the Pac-12, Cal and Stanford joined the ACC. We assume uh, Washington State and Oregon State, uh, whether it's the AAC or the Mountain West, the Mountain West would, would seem to be, um, you know, the smart thing to do there makes the most sense. Now, I did hear, like, the SEC um, fine bomb. You know, the SEC guy, he's always just SEC, yeah. all this. Some of the stuff that has been said about this move, I, I don't think they're being completely fair about it. Um, because there's a there's literally something in the contract that says if you as a league dip down a number, guess what? We start to renegotiate the thing. So you got to stay above a number. And so this, whether it's Florida State or North Carolina or Clemson or all three, whether they move on, uh, you got to keep the numbers got to keep the numbers otherwise it opens it up and you're definitely gonna if Clemson in North Carolina Florida State leave that would you know they probably would get less money uh, but that that's what's behind it they they needed 12 of the 15 I think it was 12 of the 15 votes to get in I think it was NC State that uh 
that flipped their votes. So they, they allowed him to come in. But a lot of it just had to be – was just that exact thing. It was just like, <clears throat> dude, we got to keep this conference together. we got to do a move. And people may not love it. They may rip it. Like I said, Feinbaum had a lot of stuff to say about it. But honestly, like to keep that contract in place, that's a lot of money that they'd lose if they didn't do it. Well, yeah, and it's – I just – I agree. Like you got to – you got to – you can't be losing out on that money. That's the revenue. That's your cash cow. Like it would just – all that makes complete sense. Like I'm I'm completely with you. Um one other game that it's they always play week two. It's always close. Um, it's always low scoring, uh, and that is the Iowa's. This year, I was going to Iowa State. Um, Iowa's a four point favorite. I know some Iowa State players have been in the news for the last well about almost two months now. Of they had like I believe around five players, maybe more now, who got accused of gambling on sports while in college. Obviously, sports gambling is not going away in this country. Um, but if you're playing college football, you're not allowed to bet on. Sports. So um, there's been some investigations in, into that. Um, you want to take it? Have you seen the over/under for this game, Chris? No, I haven't. What if? Okay, so if you had to get Iowa at Iowa State, what would you? What's your gut say the over/under is, my friend? Um. Uh. Well, last year wasn't what were we second record like thirty six or forty? <laughs> what was the record last year? I, I think last year was around thirty eight. Or I, I think, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like 41. 40. This Maybe year it more? is 36 and a half. 36. So it's got to wait to close, but we still got to see if it can set a record. <laughs> Man, brother, uh, you want uh, it, it? It is, I suppose, almost half of USC and. Um, uh no, excuse me. Tulane and um uh Tulane and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is almost double the point spread. Close, like less than a touchdown to double. It, so, wow. yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that, I know. Uh, I will take what Iowa a good win. Game. I like Iowa though. Yeah, I I think just because they don't got all the crate that scrutiny of all the players and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's you want to talk about a low scoring game? Holy shit, thirty six and a half point spread. You will probably never see that again for the rest of the year, besides maybe when, like, the Air Force, or excuse me, when the military academies, they play each other in their option schools. Then you can sometimes get the high 30s, but for a, a Big Ten, uh, pack Big 12 matchup, damn. Yeah, that's, that, that's pretty impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, that is. And here's the quote, by the way, by uh, Feinbaum. He said, there's such a wait, – wait, wait a second. Hold on. It says – I just want to congratulate the ACC for essentially voting out Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State because after what happened Friday with the admissions of those teams, they've essentially given those three a ticket out. That league, which was already teetering towards irrelevancy, has taken on three schools that devalue an already discounted product even more. And it's like, well, hold on, dude. If you look at the last ten years – starting with 2013 Florida State, out of the last 10 years, three teams, or three, not three teams, because Clemson won, won it twice, but ACC has three champs in the last 10 years, okay? So let, let's calm down a little bit. We won't even have to go to the basketball side, but just football alone, calm down a little bit on that because – 
We love the Big 12. It's been since 2006 since they won the championship. Since you, you guessed it, Vince Young. Want to talk about the Pac-12? Go back a year before that. We're talking USC. So calm down a little bit on that. Uh, I, what was it, Ohio State in 2014 or whatever, 13 or I can't, maybe it was 13 and, and 14 was uh, Florida State. But uh, they've won three out of the last ten, dude. And, and yeah, the SEC is the dominant force, but you know I don't hear him saying close down the Big 12. Well, Bama and Georgia have been the dominant force. Like who 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 in Georgia's side of the conference has been good in the last six seven years besides Georgia? I, I mean, I love Missouri. I, there, it's really been Bama, Georgia, and like who else? You know, so. Yeah, I mean, Florida had some ten and eleven again seasons. They, there. they, they, they yeah, they've had, and they, and they ran a bunch of points on Alabama and almost beat them in the SEC championship. But the point is, they've proven it as national champions. Yeah, so that's all that matters. Yeah, true. It's not. I'm not saying. I'm saying, calm. If you look at the not just the amount of people drafted from the ACC, but the chips. Okay. The Big 12 and the Pac-12 haven't won since the 2005-2006 seasons. So if you're going to talk about a league, calm down. And then not – you know, I didn't hear the whole the whole uh, talk about, you know, everything he's talked about this. But in that setting, when it happened, he didn't really talk about, hey, dude, you want to keep this thing together or do you want to see a conference just go? You know, I don't know. It just yeah. kind of rubbed me the right way or wrong way, but he is such a, you know, SEC homer. That's all. True. <clears throat> Let's just, get to um, it, my friend. Let's yeah. get to it because we're running okay. really long. I just realized that. It's a, we're at an hour and 13 minutes. So let, okay. let's tighten this up. Well, for the um, – well, just one game to enjoy, Utah is going to um, Baylor. That would be a fun – Utah is a seven-point favorite going to Baylor. That should be a fun one. And Oregon goes Texas Tech as a seven-point favorite, too. I would look to bet Oregon and Utah as a road favorites of touchdowns because I think both those teams will cover and win. All right. For the crafty, crappy pick of the week, unfortunately, a lot of the garbage games of, like, lower-level teams are, don't have point spreads out today uh, for some odd reason, which I don't get because the big games do. But nonetheless, we do have an enjoyable, crappy game of the week. And that is your UConn Huskies, who have a hell of a basketball program with Bobby Hurley back, but um, their football team is still, yeah, they're, they're not good. And Georgia State, uh, they have their issues at times, too. So this is a 6 p.m. game on ESPN+. Plus. You're going to actually, this game's being played in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Center Park Stadium. Never been there. It's not There's where odds on this it. one, though. Yes, there are. There are. Georgia State is a three-point favorite, over under 54-and-a-half. And, again, Chris, I'm going to let you take it away. You can get in the door for $8. What does your gut say for the UConn Huskies, who have a brilliant basketball program, but this ain't the Big East, going to Atlanta, Georgia? Um, there's rumors Matt Ryan may suit up for Georgia State. I'm not sure if he's allowed to play because he was in B.C., but it's, it's I've heard rumors that Matt Ryan might suit up for the Georgia State Panthers. What's your gut say on this game, my friend? Well, my, for some reason, the ESPN shit just went out on me. So give me a half a second. All right, you're, you're good. Uh, I, um, so yeah, for, if you, if this is your first time listening, I pick a random, completely garbage game. I do not tell him before the show. He picks it. 
and we've been hitting about a 70% clip for the past three years, and we started off 1-0 this year as well, so hopefully we'll start off 2-0 with my co-host making a selection here shortly. This is just horrible timing. It literally, the ESPN just won't, the page isn't responding. Like, what the fuck, what the F, dude? Oh, man, what a horrible timing on this. It's been working just fine, but literally now I can't even just get on ESPN. I can't even get on it. Like, well, I'm like a computer. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. All right. It's starting to pop up now. Like, not just on my phone, but my computer, too, was giving me issues. Like, what the hell is going on? All right, sorry about that. Um, I don't know what the hell happened, but, you know, things happen. Um. All right, so we got UConn. Jesus Christ. All right. Sorry about that. I don't know what the hell's going on. It it keeps freezing. Okay, huh. now we're on week two. Okay, we're we're back. We're back. I think we're back. I should uh, maybe not talk about it like we're back for sure because uh, it's like maybe they're uh, redoing the shit right now like okay we got to put in those odds let's put it in real quick uh because i okay so you said six o'clock man this is horrible timing it's so funny it worked just fine all the time all right i'm just i'm just doing it the uh i guess you could say the old-fashioned way okay what the hell dude <laughs> yeah it just keeps freezing up but i am getting there i am getting there so this we already had a long episode going, and this does not help the time at all. All right, UConn. Is this actually happening? Okay, UConn and Georgia State. So Georgia State did get a dub. I mean, that's a good good place to start, you know. I mean, True. It is a pretty good place to start for them. I think they beat Rhode Island. Hey, Rhode Island, man, they had Lamar Odom, dude. So don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. No, um, man, what the hell is going on? I think it's gonna. Okay, just refresh. Okay, there we go. Okay, here we go. Sorry about that. That was that. That did not help. Uh, neither. Well, you know what? The quarterback for um Georgia. What is it? Georgia Southern. Yeah, they um or Georgia State. My bad. Um, he actually had a pretty good opening, you know, opening week, like you said, against Rhode Island, where they just snuck that game out too, dude, against Rhode Island. That's, that's not a good sign. Um, I just don't know why it's giving me issues like this. Every time I hit something, it's like, well, hold on. You're going to have to wait a little longer. It just freezes. Okay. So last year. They had a variety of like they they played a pretty tough schedule. I'll say Georgia State, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. They had Coastal in there, which they got beat up pretty good. They actually got beat up almost more by Coastal than the other teams I just mentioned. Uh, they did get a nice win over uh, Army. In, I spoke of Georgia Southern. They 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 definitely got that dub. Um, man. At least they did challenge themselves. What did UConn do in their non-conference? And there it goes again, dude. What the? I don't know what this segment is just cursed, dude. It's just cursed. Okay, so I can't even see who who they played or anything right now. Okay, here we go. So 
it's been God, man. UConn almost beat. They almost beat North Carolina. Wow. Okay, they almost beat North Carolina State last week. Last year, they actually. Man, they got beat that bad by Syracuse. But you know, I gotta give them credit because they actually last year they got beat forty-one to ten and turned right around. And wow, UConn did UConn is UConn got a new coach that we don't know about here, Marshall? Well, they they brought in no, they've had a good coach for. Um, uh, what the hell is his name? Is it? Why am I? Uh, is it? Is it not New Heisel? Is it? Um, no, but I've. Uh, it's kind of got. Um, it looks like New anyway. Heisel. Yeah. I'm. I'm actually impressed with. The, oh, this G- Jim Mora. Yeah, Jim. Jim Mora. That's what yeah. it is. I knew it was like a name coach because shit, they beat Liberty. Like Liberty's a good team. Um, mm-hmm. They. I mean, Boston College isn't good, but they beat them. Uh, they beat Fresno. Oh man! So what? What is the? Uh, it's causing problems again. What's the point spread again? This is it three or something? A three point spread. Yes. In favor of the rough and tumble. Man, Georgia State. This one's really tough. I'm going to go UConn on the road. Okay. Go, I don't care what ESPN analytics say. Sixty-one percent. I'm going UConn in the worst segment we've had. When it comes to this segment, because technology failed me. And to wrap it up, I'm giving the UConn alumni win over Georgia State because I've always loved that basketball program, and they have a lot of studs, and that wraps up that segment, which normally is a lot smoother. But I, I even was trying to help you. I clicked on, like, the UConn schedule of last year. I had to, like, reload it three times, and ESPN said error. You know, I think, Chris, I think people know our segment's, like, hitting at 70%, and this is the way of the Russians trying, trying to stop not us. us win. Yep. We're, we're the boys trying to heat her. Mm-hmm. That people here, people are here. We're hitting seventy percent clip, and ESPN said, "Not so fast." Uh-uh. No, you ain't doing that shit anymore. We're, we're, so we're they do their away. shows every Monday. Okay, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Every Monday, right. say, yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. Well, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So on that note, we will be back next week. Um, hopefully, talking about Lane Kiffin somehow winning the game. That I don't know how they're favored, but they are, <laughs> and much more news. So thanks always for the support. We appreciate you. I hope everyone's had a great Labor Day weekend. The boys are out tonight. Have a good one. Peace.